Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning at WorkInSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. So, quick update before we get into the stat line and this week's fan question. Like so many of you, I made a resolution this year. I kick off the new year with a new attitude resolution. Well, I'm here to report, I've already broken it. That's the problem with resolutions. It's actually something you are very drawn to and therefore difficult to cut cold turkey. Mine, personally, was a reduction in sugar intake, both desserts and alcohol. The desserts part isn't too hard for me. Uh, I'm not a big sweets guy, thankfully, but I do like the wine, bourbon, and tequila. I lasted 16 days, which actually was better than I thought I would do. Uh, Football is just really hard to watch without something wonderful in the palm of your hands. I made it through wildcard weekend, drank a lot of tea, and lots and lots of tea, but two glorious football weekends was too much for my resolve. Aaron Rodgers and I had a whiskey on Saturday night, and then uh, Tom Brady and I had some red wine last night. I've come to the conclusion resolutions can be kind of silly, especially the dramatic ones where you cut something cold turkey. Just make incremental positive choices, keep your vices in moderation, and set goals for yourself that are based on accomplishing something positive, and you'll be better off. It doesn't have to be something you wait for January to do, just like do positive changes throughout the year. Understand those things you're starting to get too high and dramatic on and pull back a little bit, you know, like so just set, set attainable goals for yourself and you'll be much more likely to hit them. Okay, enough about that. Let's get into the stat line. Okay, all right, people, let's jump into three stats that will help you see exactly what the sports industry employment looks like right now. Okay, stat number one. 17,783 jobs currently active on workinsports.com, which, as you know, is the number one job board for the sports industry. To put that in context, that is a 6.5% jump over last week. So we went from 16,700-ish jobs to 17,783 total jobs. That's awesome. We're in an upward trend right now. Lots of positive action and activity in the sports industry. Lots of opportunity. This is good news. Stat number two. The first full week of January, we added 3,002 new jobs to the job board. And I was feeling pretty pumped because it's a really great sign. January is always a month of great growth in job opportunity. But I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that was a little bit fearful thinking, well, what if this year things are different? This is our first January in this new world order. Uh, So, you know, maybe there wouldn't be that much excitement. Maybe there would be still some trepidation in hiring. But... We have seen that really good growth, 3,000 new jobs added the first week of January, and then this second week of January, we beat that number with 3,022 fresh jobs added last week. That's a consistent number that's really high, and that bodes really well. Now, this isn't just a puff out my chest and brag about our job board and product moment, although I am feeling pretty good about workinsports.com. No, for real, these jo- these stats are to show you what's happening currently in, this, in the industry, where we are right now, a snapshot in time with context. I'm showing you trends and patterns so you can have a more educated knowledge of what is out there for you, which brings us to stat number three. Every day of the week last week, we added 432 new jobs on average to the job board. 
sports-specific jobs all across the country, 432 a day, including 1,518 total currently in or near Los Angeles, California, and 206 in Miami, Florida. Just two random cities I picked to get the numbers on. It's a lot of opportunity in LA, no big surprise though. This is the absolute right time for a WorkInSports.com premium membership because we work with over 8,000 sports employers. If you think you can search the job postings of 8,000 sports employers yourself, like you go to all their career centers every day to see what jobs they're posting, good luck. Uh, we do all that work for you, which saves a lot of time. That's just one of the huge benefits of membership. Okay, next up. Let's talk cool jobs and internships. Job number one. Have you heard of the O'Fallon Hoots? Neither had I until this morning. I was looking on our job board and I saw O'Fallon Hoots and thought, that's a mistake. <laughs> we did something wrong here, but it is not. The O'Fallon Hoots, after a little bit of research, is a collegiate summer league baseball team in the U.S. Prospect League. They are hiring a broadcaster and media relations intern. Now, if you're wondering where O'Fallon is, because it kind of sounds like the bad guy in an 80s movie starring Patrick Swayze or, you know, O'Fallon runs this town, you know, something like that. Or the uh, the bully in Bally Ma Billy Madison. O'Fallon rules. Yes, I know it was O'Doyle who rules. Don't anybody call me out for that. But you get the drift. It sounds like something from that era. Anyway, O'Fallon is in Missouri. The show me state. Okay, why is this internship opportunity stand out? Well, now is the time to start planning for your summer internships. This is the time to start getting that in order for yourself. And as you know from my talking on this a lot, um, your internships have to provide real honest-to-goodness training and opportunity. If you want to be a reporter, a host, an anchor, a play-by-play -play voice, you need high-quality reps. You need to be calling games. You need to be reporting. You need to be out there doing these things. You need the experience and you need a demo tape. You need a way to show off what you've done and accomplished this gig. You will be part of their multimedia broadcast team and more for a collegiate summer league baseball team, which sounds like a lot of fun too. So for all my students at university of Missouri, St. Louis, those in Dr. Baleska's class who I spoke with last semester, you're all very close to this. If Actually, I don't know where O'Fallon is in Missouri, so I'm assuming it's near St. Louis because that just shows you how much I know about the Midwest. But if any of you are looking for a future in broadcasting, you should check this out or anybody out there, really. Job number two, growth marketing associate at FanDuel. Now, look, you may be saying to yourself now, this is so obvious. Brian is only highlighting this job because he wants to brag about having FanDuel co-founder Nigel Eccles on last week's show. And you'd be partly right. But I'm also mentioning it because for all of you sports marketing, sports business focused types, the behind the scenes types, this is a great gig. You'll be driving customer acquisition, retention, and user value for a massive sports business. The sky is the limit when you get in here. There's a huge sports tech business. They lead in a extremely growing side of the industry in sports betting and daily fantasy sports, etc., uh, and you should also listen to the Nigel Eccles interview if you haven't, because Nigel's pretty cool and I hit it off with a billionaire. Okay, job number three. Backcountry.com is looking for a copywriter for product content. Look, sports so often we get zeroed in on the major four sports. I want to work for the Yankees or I want to work for the Dallas Cowboys or I want to do this or I want to do that. 
we got to realize sports is a lot broader than that. There are a lot of outdoor focused companies and product focused companies that are really super cool. And if you're the type that is into the outdoors, get back to nature, which clearly I am too, this is something you have to be driven towards. This is the type of experience when you're passionate for the outdoor life, you got to get after this one. If you're care, if you care about being out amongst the environment and being a part of active life outdoors, Backcountry.com is a pretty awesome site to be associated with. Uh, so check that out uh, for sure. Before we wrap up the stat line, a little note for everyone. Internships for summer are being posted right now like crazy. As I looked to see the most interesting jobs posted this week, I saw a lot of really cool internships. So there's about a thousand on the site right now. But pro teams, networks, minor league teams, marketing, broadcasting, management, paid advertising, I'm seeing them all. So get planning for your summer experience now. Don't start waiting because those great internships are going to be taken. January is the time to start thinking about the summer. You're always thinking five months ahead. That's what you have to be thinking. That's the stat line. Okay, before we get into today's question, which is really great and I'm excited to talk about, I just want to whet your appetite for Wednesday. John Ferguson, VP of People and Culture for Monumental Sports and Entertainment. That's the ownership group for the Washington Wizards, Washington Capitals, Washington Mystics. Uh, he's going to be on the show Wednesday. VP of People and Culture. He is directly tied to hiring and he is awesome. I wrote out about 15 questions because I do a ton of research and prep for every interview. Those are very important to me to have unique questions each time. Uh, and seriously, I asked John my first question. We got into a conversation and then we just riffed for like an hour. Just I went off script completely and just got into it. And it was really, really great. We hit all the important stuff. John is so inspiring and so smart. It was really great. So listen for that on Wednesday. Today's question comes from Nira in Oregon. Hi, Brian. So I have to confess, I had never really considered doing informational interviews until I heard you discuss them with such vigor and passion. So I decided to give it a go. I connected with a local sports team executive, had a quick 15 minute Zoom call, was very prepped with questions, but we got into a good flow and it was awesome. I learned a lot and I think I impressed them as well. Nice job, Nira. Congratulations. I will embarrassingly admit I also had a moment where I had to fake it. The gentleman said to me when we were discussing interview, what he looks for and things of that nature, he said, be prepared during any interview you have to handle behavioral job interview questions. And, as, and instead of saying, well, wait, what are those? I said, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Of course. Yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I'm ready for that. So. I ask you now, as my trusted advisor, who I know won't make me feel stupid, uh, what's he talking about? What does he mean by behavioral job interview questions, and how should I prepare to handle them? Nira, I love this. I want to be really clear about something. I love your honesty and vulnerability. I also would tell you I would have done the exact same thing. I would have played it off and then scrambled back to my computer and started doing Google search to understand what the heck he was talking about. But I do like the fact that this executive you were talking to stressed behavioral job interview questions because they are super important. And I'm glad we're touching on it because I don't think we've really talked about it before, which I'm excited about. Okay, let's dive into behavioral job interview questions. Sounds fancy but let's break this down super simple. Behavioral job interview questions are the tell me about a time interview questions. They hearken you back to a lived experience or challenge. 
Tell me about a time you overcame a customer objection. Tell me about a time you had to juggle priorities and meet an urgent deadline. I will tell you, as an interviewer, these are 100% my favorite questions because they unlock the truth about someone's experience and true knowledge. You can hide behind a resume. Anyone can put words on the paper and inflate their knowledge, actions, and experiences. They come up with the best power words. They have the perfect tone, the wonderful format. This person looks great on paper. Behavioral interview questions get to the truth about your experiences. They make you prove it. They make you show that you actually have these experiences and knowledge and abilities that you aren't just saying so. It shows your choices, your behavior, all of those things. So your answer to these questions indicates your potential for future success. I love them. I work on these constantly and like to have behavioral interview questions whenever I'm interviewing somebody for a job. Okay, so let's say I'm interviewing someone for a job in sports tech and I ask them to tell me about a time you had to convince a group of superiors your project brief was worth pursuing. I, if you can't speak articulately and relate a time and walk me through your process where you pushed for a product idea and you backed it up with data and projections, then maybe you aren't right for this role. Despite the fact your resume said heavily involved in the product life cycle, well, at your previous job, you haven't proven it. You had this moment to prove it. You had a moment to tell me a time that you did these things to really expand upon your knowledge and put it in a practical sense and you didn't do it. So that is a major red flag to me. That says to me that your resume may be more puffery than substance, okay? Behavioral interview questions cut through the BS and put you on the spot. And seriously, an interview is about a lot of things, but one of the things that you're really trying to get at from an interview is to make sure the person has the real experience and they can stand up to the pressure. If you can demonstrate through examples that you have accomplished a task before, That tells me, the interviewer, that you are highly likely to be able to do it again, that you can repeat this action, that you can get through this accomplishment or through this challenge. That's a massive win during the interview process. So an ability to get into those behavioral interview questions and really nail your stories, really share your experience is top priority. Okay, so what's the goal here? How do you attack these questions with confidence and swagger? It's pretty simple, really. Got about four tips here. Number one, stories are the most important part of the interview process. So become a good storyteller and know your history. That's kind of a two-parter, so I'll handle both. Look, the burden is on you to remember and know your experiences and, and relate them to the job you're applying for and be able and ready to articulate it. You know, nobody's going to hop into your interview session and say, oh, remember that time when you hit that deadline despite all the computer systems crashing? That would be a great story right now. You should tell that one. Nobody's doing that, right? You have to know yourself and your experiences really, really well. So think about those cornerstone moments of your work life. I like to call them marbles after the movie Inside Out. I don't know if you've seen it. But if you haven't, I'll give you a quick synopsis. Essentially, all of your life's memories, whether happy or joyous or sad or some combination thereof, are stored as colored marbles in your memory. Like they're green marbles when they're for joy and they're, you know, blue marbles when they're sad or whatever. So they're just kind of a, a visualization there. Well, if you have that visualization of the various core experiences from your work life, those different things that you've done, those accomplishments, and you seriously put some time into thinking about what you learned during those key moments, you're going to be better prepared to recall those moments 
during your interview. As for being a good storyteller, remember brevity and impact. You don't need to ramble on and get super deep in the weeds. It drives me crazy when you ask a question and somebody just rambles through this crazy story that goes on forever that doesn't really have any excitement to it or anything of that nature. And you're just like, oh my gosh, is this person done yet? Okay. Um, Remember, there is a beginning and a middle and an end to your story. In the beginning, Set the stage, the circumstance, or the challenge. In the middle, discuss your choices, your course of action, and why you did what you did. And in the end, give your conclusions, what you learned, and how or if you would handle things differently in the future. Keep it simple. Get to the point, right? Okay. Now, number two. Well, how do you know what stories to prepare for? Like, uh, am I just supposed to prepare for anything possible? Well, again, pretty logical steps you can take here. Look over the job description and study what they emphasize in their job requirements. If they're talking about certain things over and over and over again or mentioning them with great strength, you know that these are probably going to come up as prove it points, right? They're going to have a question around this to prove that you have this knowledge or experience. Another idea is to look at the LinkedIn profile of someone at the organization either doing or has done that job, right? See what they emphasize in their personal description. So if they write up like, I was the account uh, executive for Team X, and then they list down like bullet points of what they did and accomplished, that gives you a pretty good vibe of what was most important for that job. So think about stories you can tell that relate to your experience doing those things, right? Winner, winner. Uh, Challenge yourself to come up with a story or example for every major want they have in the job description or from the LinkedIn profile. This is part of your research process. We always talk about the research process about being into the company so you understand more about the company. Well, you also have to research into yourself and understand where you align with this job and what stories you can tell that relate that information. Number three, be specific. Don't speak in generalities. Hone in on specific experiences that really start to articulate your knowledge and abilities in the role, not just general philosophies, right? Um, You want your idea and your story to say, I've been in this situation before. Here's how I handled it. Here's how I would handle it moving forward. Okay. That's really important to be specific. Number four, remember You are being evaluated on your likability and cultural fit at the same time. Okay. If your story accomplishes the task or challenge and gets you to the end line, but you stomped over all the other people and blew out the established processes, well, that ain't good. That's not a great story. That tells me that like, yeah, yeah, you got to the end line, but you kind of blew everything up around the path. That's not good. If your story is long and winding and boring or short and flat and boring, that ain't good either. Have some excitement. Show some passion for the tasks and challenges you've faced. Get to the point with vigor. You know, share some things you have learned. Project forward. Don't just look back. Show some growth where you say, you know, I did it this way, but in the future, I may tweak that a little bit. I may do this a little bit different. This is something I learned from the experience. But overall, the result was solid. Show growth and movement forward. This is the moment to really show your aptitude and, com- and competency. So don't miss out on these moments. They really are essential. They are a chance to make your resume and everything else come to life. One of my favorite quotes from doing this 
podcast for years now was from Maylin Vu, who you've all heard me cite from millions of times because she's one of my favorite interviews to date. She's director of talent acquisition for the Cleveland Indians. She said, your resume is two dimensional. The job you have during the interview is to make it all come to life. And I love that. It's so true. Your resume is just a two dimensional sheet of paper. It grabbed their attention initially. Now you have to make it come to life. You have to make those words come off the page. And the best way you're going to do that is by having examples from your experience, by having stories you can tell, for experiences you can share things that you learned along the way to improve yourself and grow into your next future role. The truth is the way you handle these questions is often the difference between person A who gets the job and person B who doesn't. So be prepared. Thank you for listening, everybody. Remember, John Ferguson on Wednesday. It's going to be an awesome interview. I'm so excited to push this one out there. Uh, I've been working on editing it the last couple of days, and it's it's so good. It's so good. You guys are going to love it. So we're focused, highly focused on getting you guys and gals and career changers and young people and everyone interested in the sports industry, getting you the skills and tricks, tricks and tactics and processes to get you in the sports industry. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're here for. So join me on that journey. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review wherever you listen. Thank you for being a part of our crowd. Let's get after it. 